All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Today we are super excited to be with Donald the Man Kelly, the sales evangelist. Um, Donald, super stoked to have you on the show here today. I have to dive right into it, man. Where did you get the sales evangelist from? Well, dude, I read a book in college. I was required to read it by Guy Kawasaki, and the book is called um, The Art of the Start. As we started learning about Guy, one of the things that he mentioned was that he was Apple's chief evangelist back in the 90s. And I'm like, chief evangelist? The only time I ever heard that is like from like church or, um, you know, gospel related. And I was like, but then it, you, when you take that term and you marry it with business, you're like, man, it's just such a powerful description, like an evangelist for a brand. So um, put it in the back of my head. I worked at a software um, a managed IT company, and I labeled myself. Instead of having a dumb title on the business cards, account executive like everybody else, I changed it to have them put technology evangelist. So I'd go to these networking events and stood out. And then when I started in a pod, uh, one of my friends was, man, you're always talking about sales. And I'm like, he's like, you're like an evangelist. And I was like, well, I was the technology evangelist before. And he was, that, that's how we married it to say, well, sales evangelist, because it's someone that's going to evangelize about selling, like what's working with sales, what's the best strategies, what's going to help you, um, all things sales. So we love evangelizing about selling. Um, so that's it, man. All right. Thank you for the very clear cut explanation there. Sometimes <laughs> this could be very artistic and it could go in a hundred different directions, but that was a very straight line path. Um, so <laughs> awesome, man. So let's get back to the beginning. What got you into sales evangelism in the first place? What drew you to sales in the first place? So growing up as a kid in Jamaica, one of the things that you, 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 know, you see, like a lot of people around us are entrepreneurs. They're selling something, like call them you know, a businessman. Um, and uh, uh, it just kind of gravitated towards me. I didn't know that it was sales, to be honest, Tim, until I got into college when people were telling me, one of my friends was like, you should consider doing sales. I'm like, what is that? Uh, really? Like, you know, you kind of know what it is, but it's just like sales. But it was, in my view, it was entrepreneurship. Um, and I had those two synonymous. Uh, but then as I, uh, as I started in college, I just fell in love with the craft, right? Um, I started selling, uh, I think the very first thing was uh, timeshare presentations. We're getting, no, it's Dish Network over the phone. Um, and then after getting involved with that, doing Dish Network over the phone, then I got into Timeshare where we get people to go to Timeshare presentations and um, doing like the BDR, the front end part of that. And then from there, I went into um, working some IT training classes and so forth. But I just fell in love with the concept of bringing value to someone, somebody who's not knowing something and helping them to see the benefit of it and making an investment, not tricking them or persuading them, but helping them, educating them enough that it persuade themselves. And just doing that, man, it was just felt, it was cool. I loved it. And then when I graduated, since I had so much experience with it already, I went into it naturally um, as a career path and uh, haven't looked back since. So. Absolutely. I love how you said entrepreneurship and sales are essentially synonymous, which I totally agree with. I don't <laughs> think you're going to be a great entrepreneur if you can't sell anything, especially if you're starting off as a solopreneur. Um, what other skills do you think are synonymous with entrepreneurship? I'd say there's at least two or three to tack on top of that. I mean, yeah, there's many that you can think about that you can apply to it. Uh, but I think for as far as skill set, uh, creativity is, uh, you know, you got to you got to be creative as an entrepreneur. 
Um, and I, I think the other part to that, a skill that's synonymous to being an entrepreneur is organization. Sometimes people feel that organ entrepreneurs are just like visionary, just to all over the place. But in order for you to be able to take something out of nothing and have the vision to see that and then to sell this idea to other people, you got to have a way of fulfilling that and to be organized, whether that's helping your team and empowering people through delegation and processes that they're able to do it. Most salespeople who uh, fling off the hips or entrepreneurs who fling off the hips, their company attempt to say staff or a sales reps pipeline tend to stay low but if you are at a, at a, at a you know maybe at, a, at an okay level but once you have become you become organized and you have processes in place and you're creative and you're helping educate people i mean magic starts to happen and this becomes a perpetual motion that allows for growth so i think those are some right out the gate that i would think uh synonymous with entrepreneurship I'm in total agreement with you there. And, and as you mentioned, a lot of us are visionaries and we do like to run at 120 miles per hour. And for those of us that are like that, it, it's probably a good idea to find a good operator to get organized because otherwise you're going to be running in circles for forever. Um, <laughs> so cool, man. This makes a lot of sense. Let's dive into the nitty gritty. So obviously you guys do a lot of sales training. What is working today in sales 2023? What do you guys recommend over there? I think one of the biggest things that's working right now um, we're seeing in sales is you've got to, you, is the term relevance. Um, let me go back and, and kind of break this down. So often you find that sales reps send out a, a onslaught of email to prospects, hoping that, you know, spaghetti against the wall, that something's going to stick. And the issue we find with that is that most people are doing that, especially when you come to utilizing tech and automating these messages. And there's nothing against that. The problem, though, is that if you're sending out a bunch of just, you know, uh, you know, shot cannoning a bunch of people, people get annoyed by that. And then everything becomes noise now rather than uh, uh, some stuff, things that are going to be pertinent. So there's two parts of the relevance. One if you're sending an email, don't send it to just everyone in the organization. Send it to the people that it's the most relevant to. And two, make sure that email has relevance to a challenge that I'm facing. So let's go back and say, if I'm reaching out to you, Tim, and I'm trying to sell you my, let's say my copy machine. I'm making this up, right? If I'm sending, selling you copy machines, I don't need to necessarily reach out to the CEO for a copy machine. There's probably somebody that's directly more uh, tied to that copy machine that I can reach out to that is going to make that decision. Maybe that's the operations manager, and depending on the size, maybe it's like office manager. In some cases, it could be the CEO. Then maybe I can look and see if they're in an industry, if it's relevant. So one, the person is relevant to that uh that challenge and two that the industry or the company has a challenge that i can solve so go back to the copier even though everybody could use a copier depending on their business it doesn't necessarily mean they need a copier maybe i look at your website and i find or on your linkedin i see that you know 99 percent of your staff are remote what in the world would you need a copier for at that point you know what i mean so there's a there's the key there is making sure again the relevant to the individual and it's relevant to a problem that they are facing. Unfortunately, we don't see that. We just see a blast. So that's one of the big things. And then two, LinkedIn. Taking advantage of LinkedIn is a powerful strategy. Since everybody is crowding at the email gate and you have so many people that are spamming on LinkedIn, there's room for someone to be able to come as a VIP on LinkedIn and to build connections with individuals. We have a strategy that we teach. It's called connect, share, and engage. Connect with your ideal customer so you can build up relevance, so you can be relevant to them. And then you can understand problems they're facing, which makes your email way more relevant. Two, then share, um, share 
share relevant content. Um, oftentimes people just put out crap on the platform or just share what marketing have them. What if you share things relevant to the topic that those ideal customers are facing and they see that and they kind of, you know, they, they, they build your brand is built up um, as a great copier and then a copier person, salesperson. And then three is engaged. Oftentimes people collect connections on LinkedIn, like they're freaking Pokemon cards or they do posts, but don't connect back with those people, engage with people and the engagement factor. You don't need to, you don't have, and this is a, a mistake that people make. They think they need to have thousands of connections on LinkedIn to be able to have revenue. You just need the more of a, con, you need to have a concentrated focus of connections and that's going to help you to see greater input, uh, greater output of um, revenue and opportunities. Hopefully that made sense. Oh, it makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, I love how you, how you referenced that LinkedIn is kind of spam, spam city over there. Um, almost, I would say 99.9% .9 of everything that happens on LinkedIn indirect to me is, is definitely spam. So how do you stand out in the crowd there? Because um, you mentioned, obviously, there's low hanging fruit there because almost everybody is spamming people on LinkedIn. So how do you actually provide value on that platform? Yeah, I mean, one of the best ways to be able to uh, provide value on LinkedIn is um, one of the best ways to, uh, sorry, um, my little guy here is what me, hopefully you can edit. You're good, man. It happens to me too. Uh, <laughs> no worries, brother. We'll make it work. He's here working with me today. Um, all right. Um, this, here we go. My bad. All right. So one of the best ways that you can find value on LinkedIn is just is just going back to this idea of making sure you connect with people. So let, let me give you a quick example that works. Think about your prospects. Um, think about the, the people that you're going after. Um, if I were to look at your connections, people you're actually connected to, what percentage of those are actually your prospects or potentially could be your pro, um, could be a potential customer? And oftentimes what I find is that you have a small percentage, maybe like 10, 20% in comparison to 80% of your college friends and friend, you know random people that you have a connection with. I, I strive to help people to recognize they should probably do about 50-50. Maybe 50% 50 of those people at least should be potential customers. So when you do share a post, people can see that. And then also engaging with those 50% of people, or if it's 10 or 5%, anyone that you're connected to that potentially could be a customer, just send them a message. Um, send, you know, engage with them, not saying, you know, hey, Tim, I haven't talked to you in a minute. You want to buy something? It's like, hey, Tim, saw that you guys, um, uh, little birdie told me you got a promotion. Um, or, hey, I saw that you're, you know, you guys are doing X, Y, Z, or it's been a minute. How you been? Or even if you know you've you've donated so much or deposited so much in your in your um, in your content bank, meaning like if you've deposited so much value to your your connections over the years or over the months or over the weeks, ask a question. I do this so often where I select a few people that are my ideal customer, and I would say something to the nature of, say, Tim, you're a VP of sales at a company. I would say, Tim, permission to ask a question. They're like, okay, it's Donald. It's not somebody that I don't know. Donald engages with me. He share content. I'm like, sure, what's up, Donald? And then I go and say, Tim, you know, go into the problem. You know, Obviously, one of the things that I find is that many sales leaders are looking for ways that their salespeople can stand out from the email box and to utilize LinkedIn effectively. Have you guys ever... Um, have you guys ever thought about using uh, investing in any type of training program to help your sellers maximize LinkedIn? Um, 
and you'll be amazed what conversation will come back to. It's like, Donald, yeah, something that we have on our radar, let's set up an appointment. And I booked an appointment there because I engage with, my pla my, with the people on my platform in my connections. I'm not looking at thousands of people. Just focus on the people who are going to be your ideal customer. Um, that's one thing that's working. Two is just the, the sharing knowledge. Um, go back to the connect, share, engage. Connect with ideal customers, share relevant content. Every week you should share something that ties to a challenge that your prospects are facing. So I'm not just saying like, you know, again, throw up a random blog. But if you could share an insight towards that, it might say, you know, um, many of the sales, many of, uh, say you work with marketing directors, uh, many of the marketing directors I work with these days are concerned about um, AI and how they can best take care of it. Here's three th three ways you can maximize AI in your, um, you know, with your marketing efforts. One, two, three, four, or three. I'm curious, um, what are the ways that you guys are using AI to help you, you know, with your positions? But now you're engaging, you're sharing stuff that people want to read. And that's where people get mixed up on. They just feel like if I put something out there, everybody wants to read it. I don't want to read your garbage. I want to read stuff that's going to be relevant to me, that's going to help me. I Most people are self, um, or I guess selfish in that sense. Like, I just don't have time, unfortunately, Tim, to just read your garbage that you want to post and you think it's good i want to read stuff that i feel is good that's going to help me solve a problem that's going to be in my best interest and the marketers the sellers the entrepreneurs the people that are building a brand that can understand that and share that type of content tend to have higher engagements and obviously have more um you know deeper connection with their prospects um using linkedin and then also there's a paid versions like a sales navigator like using sales nav is is a critical these days because they have really neat tools a part of the platform so one of them that you can take advantage of is a i call it it's called a spotlight feature on sales navigator where it allows you to be able to target individuals i so i might go into sales nav and i might put um, people who are new in their role but also have posted on a platform in the past you know 30 days that's money for me right because now if they're posted on a platform they're active on linkedin and then two if they're new in their role is a trigger for me because most sales people sales leaders are trying to make an impact in the organization and most people if you're working with marketers or um, somebody who's uh, operations, if they're new in their role, they probably want to make some kind of impact as well. So they they would be open to that idea um, as they're making changes within the next several months. So those are some of the things right out the gate that um, has been helpful on a platform for me. Absolutely. I'm loving that one already. New at a role, posting within the past 30 days. It gets you people that are active on the platform and they want to make a difference. Like It, it is so simple, but I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. And oftentimes in business, simple is usually the way to go. As long as you can scale yeah. it and be consistent with it, simple is usually the answer. It's the people trying to do overly complex things that end up getting lost in the weeds. Um, so you're getting a lot of tremendous advice already. Um, I love the compliments. Like that's my favorite thing to do. If I ever want to get somebody to engage with me, just give them a real personal compliment that can't be given to anybody else. And that's a good way to show that you're a human being. Um, so any other tips that you have for that? And I have some more specific um, questions to ask about um, some of the other things you mentioned. I have a hundred questions. So All right. <laughs> keep going. So here's one that I, um, the the one that I, I like uh, that people don't pay attention to, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, you know, people don't pay, people don't pay attention to the pennies, right? They walk around and they are coins on the floor. I'm not saying you go waste your time to do this. Bill Gates will waste money picking up money off the floor. But when I was, uh, um, you know, before I was even a 
pretty broke college kid. I did that for like a year or two. I just picked up nickels and dimes and pennies when I walked around. And after like a year or two, it was like, it was a pretty decent amount of money that I picked up just, you know, cognizant of it. I'm not telling everybody you need to go and run around and do that. But the concept that I'm getting at is that on LinkedIn, one of the pennies and nickels that people often miss is the, are the birthdays. Hear me out. Hear me out. Don't be that guy that go buy an automated thing and just send people random the same dumb template on their birthdays. Um, the 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 thing that I um, the thing that I want to look at in that is LinkedIn gives you literally it points out to you like um, it's called celebrations now. And people have birthdays, they have work anniversaries, they have, you know, uh, a tenure in a role or whatever. It gives you these things. If you look at most of those posts, people, um, like if it's a birthday, they'll probably say happy birthday. Or if they got a job promotion, they'll say um, congrats, congrats, congrats. And most of the comments will say congratulations and then like the thumbs up. But one, stand out a little bit different and do like a clap or um you know do a different emoji emoji that linkedin has that makes your your interaction stand out two don't just say congrats say something else so you might say something like um you know you might say something to the nature of um this looks like an yeah, sounds like an amazing opportunity that you just got donald um way to go on that you're i'm sure you're gonna based on your track record you're gonna do an amazing uh, i can't wait to see what um you know what what impact you have with abc at abc company but then now i tagged the company and now i you know i obviously have a more substantial comment but then i take it over to the inbox and that's where the money is at so i'll say something to the nature of um Donald, um, send a video. So LinkedIn on the phone has the capability that you can do a video or you can do a voice um, message. I like the video. Um, I've tested them both and I like both options. They work great. Doing a video just on your phone, just simply, it just gives that more um, versus, versus more capability to be able to see you and to be able to hear you. So I would say something like this. Um, hey, Donald, I wanted to put a face with, and uh, Donald, I wanted to just send you a quick message and say, congratulations on the new position. Um, ABC company, it looks like it's a phenomenal organization. Out of curiosity, what's your first line of, um, your first major priority that you're going to be, going to be focused on tackling? Now, the reason why this works so well, again, go back to the same concept we're saying. It's relevant because everybody's going to be super excited and they're going to be like, um, you know, I might tell you like, yeah, Tim, thank you so much for that, man. I'm really pumped. One of the things that I'm doing is I'm looking to expand my the marketing team and I'm looking to branch out into, into, into Europe. But then now let's say that marketing directors are your ideal customer. Now, I just gave you freaking the pain that I'm facing and for you to help me out with that. Right. But you don't mm -hmm. say, Hey, Donald, well, we can do a service for you. You might say, you know, that sounds phenomenal. Um, a lot of our clients have issues, uh, works with things like that. I have a post or an episode that you might find beneficial when it comes to that. And if you're open to it, I know you're getting you settled. I'll be more than willing to share a couple of ideas that we've seen work with, especially with European expansion. It's tend to be a little bit um, tricky, but now I, if I did that, like, of course, you're going to take my call because we've engaged before or you're going to want to set up the appointment with me because we're dude just gave me a, a, you know, gave me some insights. that's going to help me on something that's truly hyper relevant to me. Uh, but most people don't do that. They just say happy birthday or congrats on a new position. So mm -hmm. anyways. <laughs>
Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go And most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Absolutely. Thanks for breaking that down, man. I loved how your energy went up and you're like, and that's when you slide into the inbox and then that's where the true magic happens. Because I could tell that when you get a message, you're ready to get in that inbox. So, I mean, that's awesome because obviously it's working for you. (laughs) So um, let's dive into this because I could tell you out of all my, let's just say cold outreach platforms, I tend to do the worst on LinkedIn by a pretty large margin. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, what I can do is get people talking. What I have challenges with is getting them from talking to the phone call. For some reason on LinkedIn, I haven't been able to make that transition like I have on other platforms. What would be some tips for anybody out there that that is good at getting conversations started, but is struggling getting them onto the phone? Which, I mean, obviously giving them some three values to start, but what else do you got, man? Yeah. Um, one of the, can you still hear me okay? Yes. Um, but one of the things that I've seen that's worked uh, remarkably well um, is going back to that, be a, find a problem that they have and then bring a solution towards that. Um, so if I did connect, let's say you give me a scenario that you have and let's walk through it um, again. Oh, tremendous. Let, let's do a role play. So, I mean, let's just say I'm helping somebody set appointments for their business. We'll keep it really simple. It's like sure. if I could guarantee you whatever, say 40 appointments a month, would you want to hear more? Like, yes, I'd love to hear more. It's like, that's where the challenge comes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you're, you're trying, so you, they say yes, but they don't take an action. Yeah. That seems to be where I fall up for some reason. Yeah. So, you know, cause one of the things that I found with that is uh, there's so many people that, that they, they do that nowadays. They send that same message. So it, it, again, it, it dilutes the efficacy in the in the mind of the prospect um, when they see it, right? Because they're saying, okay, you know, uh, generate appointments. Everybody said they can do that. Everybody said they can do that. But then if you go back, go deep, just go one step back um, and tie back to it. So you might say, you know, Donald, one of the things that I find is that many sales leaders right now are looking for ways that they can make their team work smarter 
um, and you know, and and or, or you know, um, you can bring some data, just like you know, thirty uh, percent of um, uh, call seventy. I'm making this up, but forty five percent of calls, uh, first calls, lead to um, uh, you know, lead to a sale, or thirty percent of them lead to a sale. With that being said, um, it takes anywhere from forty-seven. It take you know, it takes anywhere from a hundred or eighty outreaches to get to that one appointment. Um, if I could show you a way to shortchange that and get your sales reps more time with prospects, would you be open to hearing more? And then now it's like, holy crap, that is relevant to me. Um, and then it's like, now you don't, you can, you're going to tell me the solution on the call. What we do is that we do the first mile um, for your sales reps, where we set the appointments for them. And then your team takes care of the back end of actually doing what you do best and closing that, uh, hitting hit a higher percentage. It's not that we don't, they're not going to still do some outreach, but we just augment that for you. You know what I mean? So I, I guess that's where I'm, I, get, I want them to engage. I want them to interact with me um, rather than just, you know, if I can get you 40 appointments, would you be open to that? Um, but do a little deeper. And then from there, if you say that, uh, if you do that on a, that first outreach to them or not that first outreach, but you've engaged with them and then you ask them that question as a sales leader, they're probably going to reply back. And then I tandem that also on my email. So when I do outreach to a cold prospect, if I connect with them on LinkedIn, I find something that hyper-personalized me to connect with them. Because if the when people feel like they know you, it's they have a higher chance they're less likely not to reply to you so let's back up again i have a uh, a focused target list of people that i'm trying to connect with on linkedin um i send a connection request them that personalized so one of the personalized thing may be towards their business or towards their location so tim you're in chicago i might say something in my connection request to you um uh i don't know like i forgot what so giordornos um deep dish is <laughs> by far the best dot 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 yeah, everybody in my chicago might know and understand uh, you know, what that spot and if you don't know a restaurant in that location just go ahead and do uh, best restaurant in manhattan or top restaurants in um in wichita and people will know so then you can use the foodie uh, um, example and then i always say permission to connect here on linkedin when you connect with me you accept my connection request back. Um, so I might uh, uh, um, so go back to this because I do this and I this definitely works. So I might say, um, Tim, see that you're in Chicago land. Is Geodonor or blah 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 better for deep dish? Um, or want to settle a debate? Is Geodonor or so and so better for um, for deep dish pizza? Um, uh, I, I, I could tell you. I could tell you that's a good one, especially for Chicago, because you're opening up the door to controversy. There are a lot of people who are going to disagree, yes. but they're going to talk to you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So then hear me out on this. This works. I'm telling you, but most people just go into this. Um, they think because they're on LinkedIn or think because they're on email, I just need to be dry and go straight to the point, but uh, straight to it. But people are humans everywhere. But this works. It takes one more step back, but it increases a chance. And then I won't pitch on LinkedIn for a, pro a cold prospect like that. But then now my email to them, I will say, um, yeah, I, my subject line will be, okay, Geodonor uh, it is, dot, dot, dot. And then I'll say, Tim, um, appreciate you uh, connecting with me on LinkedIn and then take that the message I said earlier, um, uh, you know, and, and tie it back in. I, I, I wanted to ask a question to you. I noticed as a sales leader, one of the big things that most of them are facing right now is their sales team trying you know book an appointment um 
or sales team's productivity. 30% of the deals or 40% of deals with the first prospect will close in, a, in for SaaS companies. But the getting that takes anywhere from three to four hours for one appointment um, to land. If I could show you a way that we've helped XYZ to be able to get um, to take to help their sales team become more productive with the first part um, and to land uh, and to have more productive conversation in their first meetings um, and reduce that time by whatever making this up now you know by 57 percent would you be open to hearing more but again he might is a high chance he might respond because of the, the fact that you're you know your pizza connection there um, with geo donors so that LinkedIn allows for you to do that my follow-up message to him won't be hey bumping this up I just did a post on that so anyone should go read that I hate those but just bumping this up but then tell me something don't don't just say or just following up that's like garbage the second email should be something that's going to be relevant um, Tim uh, or in this case Don, Donald or I said Tim because you're in Chicago like, Tim, um, I shared an idea with you last week or shared an idea the other day about um, helping your team. Here's how we've done it for others. One, we we take we we um we look at their help look at their sales process and then we help them to be able to over we we do some appointment settings for them um that gets them the those leads their sales team still are able to be more productive but they're still able to do to do the first call but then this allows for them to be more productive engaging on linkedin like we did and so and so blah 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 um could i share more about this with you um, the third email could then be like a video of you um, explaining a little bit more, walking them through or doing a client testimony. I want to show you uh, to show you that I'm not making this stuff up, Tim, um, here, blah, 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 uh, how we help them to do it. And that could be an automated email. Right. Um, and obviously you're doing phone calls in between your other follow ups is then engaging on the platform with them um, as well. So any posts they have, it's not just like going and saying great job, but really thought provoking uh thought-provoking engagement, and then also looking at their company's page and engaging on their company's page, uh, LinkedIn profile page as well is another um, awesome thing um, that could benefit you. Um, and then you can always just, uh, but th those are some of the things that you can always just say, send a value add on LinkedIn rather than just, um, you know, asking ready to book an appointment do the video um say tim i wanted to uh, put a face with a name again or i want to drop an audio message here this is doing this engagement on the platform is one thing that helps us to book appointments and this is how we would work with this is one of the strategies that we would um employ to help book more appointments so your team can take care of um have more appointments you know whatever uh first appointments um let me know if you're uh, open to um let me know if you guys if you guys have tried this already. But again, that's a follow up without following, saying just following up. But I'm giving you value on LinkedIn. I rap for a minute there, so you're stealing all the plays. Everyone's getting everything here. No one's gonna want to buy anything from me now. They know everything that I'm doing. Just kidding. Let's say th this is all great stuff, man. I know it's great because both of these strategies have worked on me. Um, like somebody <laughs> throwing a video in there, it's just like, oh. I'm actually going to pay attention now because you look a little bit different than every other message. And you get like 20 to 30 messages a day. So, I mean, if you stand out, right. you have my attention. Um, somebody actually yeah. did the restaurant thing, but where he made the mistake, he's like, I'm moving or I'm going to Carol Stream soon. Um, are there any good restaurants? And I'm like, nobody's going to Carol Stream to visit ever. Um, <laughs> it's like if you said Chicagoland, I thought that was actually like a very important thing that you did, probably subconsciously. You actually used what the locals would say. 
Like, I don't know yeah. <laughs> how you yeah. know about the Chicagoland area, but that's what we would say. Like, what are you doing in yeah. Chicagoland? It's just easier than saying Chicago. And the, the Chicago metro is like 9.5 million people. There's plenty of yeah. stuff here. So um, great stuff there. It definitely works. It worked on me. So th- there you go. You yes. have it. Um, go out there and go do this. If it works on me, it probably works on everybody. Um, <laughs> I would love to get a little bit more specific here because I think this is one of the mistakes most yeah. people are making. You've said it a few times. Like, you say the words that people are thinking. That's a good way to start. Um, but on top of that, like how focused should your messaging be and how dialed in on your avatar should you be in order to get some outreach on LinkedIn to work? Right now, super dialed in. Like it's it's just, it's way too, it's way too, con- so many people have way too much, uh, you know, I guess not uh, um, watered down um strategies that you need to be dialed in and and what i mean by that is just mastering your icp like my team they have no more than 30 accounts that they're focusing on per rep per month like no more than that like there's that's plenty that's probably even too much um, but then what they're doing they're not reaching out to one person in that org in our business as for sales enablement sales training we have the sales enablement person that could be a benefit you have the uh, CRO you may have the um, sales director and then you also potentially have the marketing director if the marketing or VP of marketing uh, or VP of sales but the VP of marketing sometimes are over the BDRs in certain organizations so we have four different individuals that we can focus on within that firm that we can try to get connected with four times 30 you start doing the math that's up to 70 individual you tell me you're just going to blast a phone call to 70 people and that's it no there's a strat that's doing this takes time but the key is that we're trying to get deeper into this organization and try to really have some impact. Um, and if you're doing it right, you're going to meet the activity numbers as a natural byproduct, and you're going to see the um, you're going to have more meaningful conversation. We track three KPIs: meaningful outreach, so an outreach activity that falls in our def- and falls in our um, approved outreach strategies, such as emails, phone, text, snail mail. Those are meaningful. You just somebody, a sales BDR telling me, I'm just going to go to networking events. Like, bro, that's not going to be the most effective thing for our business. Um, If you're going to a conference and you're going to, you know, connect with people, yeah, fantastic. But we'll organize those conferences for the most part. But your meaningful outreach activities. Um, then two, meaningful conversations. We are not saying that you talk to a gatekeeper and a gatekeeper said, you know, uh, you know, Mary's not here. Like that's no mean, that's not meaningful. But if you talk to the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper said, Mary's not here, and you, you want to get something because you're going to know I'm going to annoy you to say why you didn't have a meaningful, they're going to be like, all right, so can try to get more intel, anything that can help us move the deal forward. I appreciate that. Out of curiosity, may I ask you a question? Is I know Mary's uh, over marketing. Do you know if they the is she whatever? I'm making this up, right? Um, but is she the one that um, oversees the BDR teams as well, or do you know if Mary is the key? Uh, um, is Mary the uh, contact that would? Um, um, do you know if the Mary has a, this as an initiative on her plate? Do you know what's the best way to reach Mary if she's an email person, or if phone is the best way to contact her? Now, email might be the best. Any of these things can try to get some kind of data or intel from her. Or I've even tried this where I picked somebody else in the company. Uh, no, um, it, you know, it's, you know, you said uh, Mary isn't there, but you know, Jake, looking at one of my other prospects on my list, is, uh, Jake may be able to engage with something like this or Leon. 
Um, yeah, actually, Leon. Well, she probably understands something about the mar- that department and might point you to somebody else. But at least now we have like a referral. Hey, um, Allison, the executive assistant mentioned that I should reach out to you, Jake, about this. Again, I got stuff that makes my conversations more meaningful. I gathered intel uh, from that call. Um, and then the other piece to that too is that you can look at the, the final piece is um, then appointment sets. So we look at those three KPIs and look and see how those KPIs can help us as an organization um, overall um, in in our outreach. And then to go back to your your question a little bit more, like how can you make sure that it's being as uh, specific? Correct. Um, I want to make sure I'm not deviating too far from it, but it was around the how do I make sure that I'm um my strategy can you clarify just one more i want to make sure <laughs> absolutely man we were talking about how important like avatar messaging fit is essentially avatar, yeah there we go so then how important that piece ties back to them so now that i'm doing those three things as far as my my kpi goes i can then i need to make sure that as i'm having that in that call with that person is an intellectual uh, conversation that I'm pulling, that I'm gaining insights. And the more relevant you can be with your prospects, the more, the better you're going to be overall. Now, the prospects, the this VP of sales in the industries. So I might say I'm reaching out to VP of sales in the manufacturing industry, um, in the in the you know the south uh, for the, in the south they're probably going to pretty much face a similar type of issues, right? They're in the same industry, they're in the South and they um, VPs of sales. So then therefore my understanding of their problem is same. It's a matter of understanding them and being relevant to them. So I would like my sales rep not to go and stalk them on Facebook or things of that nature, but I would like them to at least go onto that LinkedIn platform and to see, and we're only going after people that are posting on LinkedIn, right? So you see where I'm getting that. And we only post going to people with job changes because of that hyper-focus, we have a higher propensity of finding Intel that we can utilize to make that relevancy factor. We can engage on some of their content or engage with some of the things that they're um, that matters to them the most right now. We see that the we look at the insights through Sales Navigator and see that the company grows through their hiring or whatnot. See they have job um, descriptions out there. We know that they're looking for people and they're growing. Therefore, that allows us to be able to have conversations with them. When we do. Um, when we uh, when we do pull, uh, like uh, uh, connect with folks and we talk to them, no matter who they are in sales, one of the big issues since 2020 and now is finding head headcount, like finding people, talented people. And we're not necessarily we're not in the headcount business, but because that's a challenge for them, we've learned some t- things or t- uh, tip or two that probably can help a sales manager. And because of our platform, it's also a great way for us, my CBDRs, to take advantage of it. It might say, yeah, our CEO has a platform. Um, you might listen to her podcast, The Sales Evangelist. And we will definitely share this. If you have a job post, we can definitely share it to our community and see if you have any buyers. Would you be open to that? Of course there will be because it's a pain that they're facing and I'm helping them to solve that pain. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Getting that? So the key there is, yeah, you need to be dialed in on that persona. And on that individual, because it helps your messaging to be even that much more um, uh, focused and relevant to the individual. And the relevancy factor is, uh, again, I'm stressing it over and over. It just, (laughs) it's what people are looking at if they're going to open those darn emails from you. Absolutely. You're you're stressing of relevancy as well as being meaningful. And not only that, but being a little bit different, not not even too much different, but just a little bit different actually moves mountains. Um, So yeah, I mean, let's, let's. 
Let's dive a little bit deeper into relevancy. Um, I'm really loving where you're going in, in regards to solving somebody's pain. I mean, the whole process of sales, copywriting, marketing, any of it, it's all simply taking people from pain to pleasure, right? Um, mm -hmm. So 100%. if you don't know what challenges these people are facing already, how would you go about creating your content? And obviously, you could just ask them. That's a good place to start. But what else can yep. you do to discover um, what these challenges are? I was on a coaching call with a client this morning. I use this and every, um, and I share it with everyone. If you're not doing this, you're, li you're living under a rock underneath the ocean and don't have access to daylight. But chat GPT is like the most easiest thing you can do right now to take advantage of that. And here's what I would say. You can, you can take this and correlate it against other uh, more up-to-date uh, content um, as well. But what I do, you take that title of that person, the biggest challenge is facing, and this was for her. She was a product, um, she's oh. one of the product managers, biggest challenge facing product managers right now. And then we, chat gave us some information. We said, okay, rank him in order of uh, importance. And then to rank that in order of importance. Now, since since she's having a conversation with her prospects, she was quickly able to point out, or she's you know not prospect with her client, she's able to point out the first one and say, "Yep, um, having trouble trying to figure out what investors want and uh, and aligning those things and uh, company priorities is number one." And then we we're able to do that. So Chat did all the work for us, and then we we're able to validate it with her conversation with her customers. And that made such a big difference. Um, the other thing that you can do is do LinkedIn polls, do LinkedIn polls, do LinkedIn polls. I kind of <laughs> that, right? So here's what you do with the LinkedIn poll. Now you send a, you set up a poll and it's LinkedIn's darling. They notice with any platform, any platform that has a new feature, you use that new feature because that's the thing they're trying to push. Go back to product, uh, product managers, the investors probably trying to push this or they're trying to get more users on it. So do what they want and take advantage of the algorithm juice. So LinkedIn likes poll right now. So do a poll. So you might say, take what chat share. And you might say, um, I had a conversation with my friend Tim the other day about uh, product managers, um, the product managers uh, uh, in 2023. Curious to hear your opinion. Which one would you say are the biggest challenges facing product managers right now? Um, and you put those three, four of them there. Now, here's the thing, Tim. Here's the thing. It got me excited on this part. You know where I'm going with this. Because once you do this poll, it doesn't matter if you have 10 people or 50 people do it. Let's say your ideal customers are product managers. And if you listen to this podcast where I stressed at the beginning, you want to make sure that you do, you know, make sure your connections or 50% of your connections are your prospects. There's a higher chance now that your prospects are going to be engaging on your poll. You have a couple hashtags in there, product managers or whatever. Product, um, you know, product launch. And then now the polls start to go for, you might do a three day or a week long poll. But then what starts to happen is that you start to see people give you the answers to their problems. Because you can go and look at each of the person that interact on the poll and then you can see what they put. So they might put like, um, in, you know, aligning with investors or um, getting product to, mar uh, to market. Um, launching features, meeting timeline. So they tell you which ones they're, you know, they, they, they vote for which one it is. And then obviously, you know, now which, which one is the top uh, one has the most votes, but also you see who, who voted on each of them and you send them a personal message. If you're not connected to them, you might say something like, Tim, um, uh, thanks for engaging on my poll the other day. Um, appreciated, uh, appreciate that. Um, permission to connect here on LinkedIn. You're going to accept it. And then I'll go back and say, uh, Tim, um, may I ask a question? 
yeah, sure. I saw that you've, you said uh, time, you know, getting product to market. Um, it, it, why is that one a number one issue for product managers right now? Not for you, but for product managers right now. And then they might, and that might be in a form of a video, right? Because now we're connected to them. And then now they start engaging with me and start telling me their stuff. And then I can go back to my thing and be the expert, right? And give tips like, hey, I feel you where you're coming from on that. Um, I'm, any, other, any other reasons why that's the case? No, that's the biggest thing right now. Um, here's the idea that we've seen. I have a blog post on this. And or, you know, here's the three tips that we've seen that our clients are using to help benefit from that. If you're open to it, I'm more than willing to jump on a five to seven minute call and explain a little bit more how to implement it. You got on a five <laughs> to seven minute call. I mean, if you can't explain yourself in five to seven minutes, then you're not worth it. You're not worth their time. But then you do that five yeah. to seven minute call and you explain this and they're going to naturally say, yeah, I'm curious to learn more. Let's set up a further time, um, Donald. But that's how you do it. And you're engaging with those people on a poll. So that's how you find what's working. Use chat GPT too. If you want to find the people who are saying it, do a poll. Three, connect with those people and start conversations. And then now you're going to be way more relevant. And then four, even if you don't necessarily connect back with those people, you can use tools like Apollo.io or Zoom Info, and then you can get their email addresses and send them a personal email. Going back to that again, put the subject line as um, appreciate your appreciate your feedback on the poll, dot, dot, dot. And then now, hey, um, Tim, I probably don't know me. I saw you engage on my poll the other day. I wanted to send a message, say appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, I want to, out of curiosity, um, why did you say time? Is it because of this, this, or this? Um, Anyways, I also sent you a LinkedIn PS. I sent you a LinkedIn connection request. It'll be great to connect with you. But anyways, now you're you're starting engagement. So y'all got it. Y'all, y'all there got you go. Everything from me. <laughs> it's like we got it. We got everything from Donald the Man Kelly. He gave us all the secrets. We don't even need his assistance anymore. Donald, Dang it, Tim. <laughs> um, I would love to poke you and pull some great more information out from you, but I do think we should leave the rest for other people or, or for people to reach out to you on the call, right? So, um, so Donald Demand Kelly, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, brother, what would be the best way for them to do so? Two things. You can go to the salesevangelist.com slash LinkedIn, and we have some uh, information there, I believe, on our, our about LinkedIn. Um, you can check out our LinkedIn prospecting course. I believe that's uh, you can find details on that. And then you can also just go to LinkedIn.com slash in slash Donald C. Kelly or just search Donald C. Kelly. Don't just follow me. Go ahead and connect with me. Send me a connection request and say, Donald heard you on uh, Tim's show, um, wanted to connect. But send a personal connection request in mail and let's start having dope convo. There you go, man. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Donald the man, Kelly, he gave you everything you need to at least get started. Hopefully that's enough to <laughs> reach out to him because obviously what he's sharing is tremendous advice out there. So I um, wanted to thank you once again, Donald, for coming on the show and giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. <laughs> and, and to Thanks. those of you out there chasing, fr- oh, go ahead. No, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate that, man. Oh, you're the man, dude. This was tremendously helpful. Um, anybody that's not getting a value from this one, they're simply not paying attention. <laughs> so, yeah. um, to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. So start sharing more relevant and meaningful content if you're prospecting on LinkedIn. Everybody else is just spamming everybody, everything. So you just need to look a little bit different to stand out. Um, Tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.
Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 